Here at Text Talks, we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're excited to have Text Talks styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who are not afraid to be their authentic selves. You've got the look. Now come and have some fun with us in the sun. Together, Text Talks and Ray-Ban are saying, if you've got a challenge for us, no matter what it is, you are on. You can't predict the light, but with Text Talks and Ray-Ban, you are always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You are on. Define your style at superbulous.com. And welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to a multi-talented member of South Africa's entertainment scene who is an innovative creative force and revels in being a disruptor across the board. As an unapologetic queer voice for communities who need it the most, he is redefining this country's queer culture. And if you're not following him on socials, what are you doing with your life? Because they are lit on any given day. I am, of course, talking about Lelo Meslani, better known to all of us as Lelo What's Good. Lelo, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello, my friend. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, I've wanted to do this for quite a long time, actually, so I think my prayers have been answered. <laughs> what? That's so rad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I kid you not. I, I really have manifested this. <laughs> But listen, you know that I stalk you on the socials and I mean, I've been stalking you on the socials for so long and one of your recent posts was about you being nominated for the Feather Awards this year. Firstly, congratulations. Um, But for people who are listening who don't know, the Feather Awards is an organization that's been in the game for about mm, 13 years now and they spotlight and showcase the South African LGBTQIA plus community. And... Richam Nisi, who himself is a South African fashion icon, he commented on your nomination and he said that you are an icon. Firstly, (laughs) shout out to Rich, but like, do you feel like that label of icon, right, comes with any sort of responsibility? Because it's huge. It it is it is pretty big. Um, It does come with a lot of responsibility, but I think that. You know, if if you're really doing the work and you know what you're doing and you just keep doing it without any, um, like, feeling like you have to overperform what you already have been doing, then you should be fine. I think that people, like, already see this type of work that I already do. And, um, <laughs> you know, it is a big word. But um, yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like it's everything that I've been doing is just like coming along so greatly and I'm getting the recognition and that feels good. And I'm super happy about that. I checked out the list of nominees for the Feather Awards and it's so hot. Also, shout out Langama Vuso, who we featured on this season of Text Talks. He also made that list too. But you mm. specifically, you've been nominated for Best LGBTQ Youth movement for Vogue Nights. Talk to me about the significance of this nomination for you, but also for Vogue Nights that you've created. 
you know when when i started at vogue nights um it was actually i, I don't even remember the kind of position that i was in at that time but i knew that i had just started out djing um i had been going out and socializing throughout johannesburg um and within the nightlife scene as well and you know i sort of i noticed that there was a huge gap for something that was different especially for the queer community you know there were queer events happening every like now and then like here and there you know in you know, mm-hmm. you know, different bars um and like in different areas but they weren't as um they weren't as big or like people didn't really know about these sort of like events or scenes as well but i wanted to create something that is totally different and unique something that is 100% inclusive of everyone um and you could literally come from wherever and come into the one space and feel accepted and loved and celebrated and that's what vogue nights was you know and at that time i was really inspired by the movements that were going on globally with you know ballroom culture and especially in new york cuz that's where it started and you know taking inspiration from that and by that time I was really DJing um and I've been playing like all these different sounds from across the world you know including Bali Funk and Ballroom and you know Jersey Club and I really wanted to create such a beautiful alternative scene within the city but largely in South Africa because I really want to take it around the country and you know Vogue Nights was was birthed you know and we did our first event in Bramfontein and it was actually really amazing like a lot of people actually pulled through and I didn't realize how much of a community that I had already built from social media from people mm-hmm. really following me and like getting to know me and i think people also believed in my sort of like vision and i sort of built my community from that and it was really amazing to see and it's been 3 years now 3 and a half um and to sort of like get this sort of like recognition now from the work that i've been doing is really amazing um it's something that i <laughs> did not expect at all but it really it really is fantastic to see I mean getting the recognition that you deserve is a, such an understatement. I mean City Press recently dubbed you as the king of queer nightlife, which I love and I think it's so spot on because you have been doing the most for queer nightlife especially in Joburg. But here at Text Talks what we like to do, right, is we like to take things back. And I want to know about little Lelo growing up in Katlehong. What memories do you have when you think about your childhood growing up? My my fondest memories can be I actually grew up in such a lovely household with my mother and father. Um I have two siblings as well. Um quite a nuclear family when I <laughs> think about it now. Um yeah, my my childhood was actually very very good. Um we actually started moving around after some time i was around 10 years old we moved to durban as well um and i lived there for some time i think that being in durban or kzn i think that's where i really found myself actually um i don't think had i not moved there i don't think i would have been who i am now but yeah i think growing up in like such different environments and like 
learning about um, different things and seeing all kinds of different people as well um, really shaped my perspective um, on how this world works and how it is. And also just like my family values sort of like shaped a huge part into who I am. Um, my mom and dad were very involved in my life and my siblings as well. And yeah, you know, I take all the teachings that they passed down to me and I still use them now, you know, into my work as well and how I socialize, how I get to, you know, um, work with people as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's been my childhood. What do your family think about all the incredible things that you've been doing in the scene? They are super incredible. You know, it's actually sort of funny sometimes. Sometimes they don't actually understand what I'm doing. And <laughs> because I club. used to work... Join the club, Lelo. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they have no idea what I'm doing, but they actually see it in evidence sometimes, you know. I'll tell, that, I'll tell them that, oh, hey, I'll be on radio or I have a TV interview. Just check it out. And um, yeah, you know, they, they sort of like see what's happening and, and they're super proud, um, especially my mom. Um, yeah, she's just like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it and we'll support you throughout. That's such a beautiful thing because, you know, also with members of the queer community coming out to their family, it's such a huge thing. It's such a big experience. Mm -hmm. So to have the support that you have of your family where not a lot of people do, I think um, mm -hmm. it's really beautiful to see, especially in a place like South Africa, you know, where there, there are communities that aren't tolerant at all um, of LGBTQIA plus individuals. So when I hear stories like that, it warms my heart. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you are aware of many stylish hats. Writing being one of your main expressions of creativity. And I was very interested to learn that you started a blog in high school when you were 15. What kind of content were you covering back in your high school days, Lelo? Talk to me about this blog. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I don't know where you dug that up. <laughs> but yeah, I had a blog at 15. It was called Purple Neptune World. Is it still, um, is it still I, on the net? If I wanted to check it out, I would I be able to find Purple um, Neptune World? I would probably cringe at all the writing that I did. <laughs> so I didn't look at it then. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean at that time i was very interested in like popular culture so i like um like south african music and fashion and you know at that time i was also like into like tumblr so i would see like all mm -hmm. the like cool things that um like dear rabani are doing or like um you know, what was happening at like SA Fashion Week or like the award shows and also being really inspired by like what is happening overseas as well. I think having access to the internet, actually having access at the internet like really opened my eyes to so many things. So after school, um, I'd go to the uh, library because that's where I'd go picked up. Um, and I would do my homework as usual. And then when I'm done, I would go to the computers and I would just, you know, book my time there and surf the net. And I promise you, like my eyes got exposed to so many things. And that's where I got the inspiration to be like, oh, you know, I could just like 
do a website and write about the things that I like. Um, yeah, and that's and that's how my writing career started at the tender age of 15. But little did I know I was actually pretty good at writing at school as well, you know, from you know, you know, doing English and history and business studies, which are subjects that require a lot of thinking and writing and constructing sentences. Um, I didn't realize that I had a gift like that until I did my blog and I started writing. And yeah, that's that's where it started. Firstly, um, I cannot believe that you've never written a piece for Text in the City, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about um, that later. <laughs> you're too busy playing with the New York Times, my friend. Uh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But it's so crazy how similar your story and my story is. Like, you're definitely younger than me. I'm not giving away my age here. But, like, you started your blog in school and I started my blog at Varsity, except you were really good and you did your homework first and then you went surfing the web I was in the library and I was trying to like procrastinate because I didn't want to do any work. <laughs> so then I started my blog because <laughs> I could spend all my hours in the library and pretend I was quote unquote working when in actual fact working. I was just writing. <laughs> You're actually oh just surfing the net. <laughs> yeah, totally. 100%. And like that was at a time when Facebook was quite fresh. I don't actually know how many years Facebook had been a thing for, but I remember I had like just joined Facebook. So it was like new mm. and, you know, you were like just discovering social media and it was, you know, it's like the kids today with TikTok. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you on TikTok, by the way? I am on TikTok, but I don't post that much. It just requires so much time. And I'm I just know, like, right? where do people find all the time to post two videos a day? I'm just like, yeah. But that's why <laughs> it's the platform of the Gen Zs and it's the it's the the youth platform. God, I sound so old right now. But <laughs> but it is because yes. they, they are the time. only ones that have time. Exactly. They're the only ones that have time to do choreographed dances. Then they're, they're the only ones that have time <laughs> to scroll religiously, like just up just again and again and again. Oh my gosh. Anyway, mm. so tick so you've got a TikTok, mm. but you don't update. I also have a TikTok, but I haven't posted anything, so it doesn't count. Yeah, I have TikTok oh my because my friends send me videos. So I go down a rabbit hole every night and just watch all these funny videos and like laugh <laughs> myself to sleep. So yeah, oh it's gosh. also- What are some of your favorite TikTok accounts? I'll tell you, before you answer, I'll tell you mine. And I'm sure that you've seen this. Okay, so I'm Italian, right? So anything yes. that like <laughs> makes, it's, this sounds really bad, but anything that <laughs> makes fun of- Italians is uh, to me is hysterical because that's how we are right the hand gestures the yes. pasta the the no pineapple on the pizza that's how we are we literally are like that so there's this couple it's an Italian uh, man and he's engaged to an American woman and <laughs> but he's he's like proper mm -hmm. Italian and she's living with him in Rome and they do she records him and they do the funniest thing so the one thing was the pineapple on pizza she recorded him saying, like, she, she was like, oh, I want to order pineapple on my pizza. And then he's like, if you do that with me in this restaurant, I can't live here anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to move. But they are so funny. So that's probably my favorite TikTok account. But what's yours? I love that. Um, I'm really loving um, <laughs> Wibbly Days. I think she's mm -hmm. super hilarious. Um, Coachella Randy. Um, Coachella Randy is like a like a queer content creator, so super funny. Um, I'm also really liking. Uh, I 
can't seem to remember her name now. Oh, it's Kanisa. Kanisa Chaklini. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's she's super dope. She was actually even featured now on a song with Jazzy Q. Um, but she's she's oh, yes. super hilarious. I think her content, yes, yeah, she's I think she's really dope. Okay, I've written so all of those, those down, and I'm going to go check yeah. them out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Please now, do. You will love it you, so much. You mentioned that the time that you spent in Durban was very formative, and I know that this was the time where you met Fela Gucci and Desire Maria, and this was before you moved back to Joburg to study. But what phase of your life were you in when you were li- living in Durban? Talk to me more about it. Like, what were you involved in back then? And then what brought you and Faka together? So, I mean, back then, um, also, I was getting a little bit older now. I was, you know, starting to go out with friends. Um, so there was this place that we used to hang out at. It's called Bad Center. It was near the harbor. And that was actually like, a, they did like poetry. There was like live music. Um what else? It was just like a cool hangout spot for like all these creatives. But also like back then, I didn't really know what a creative was. I was just like, oh, these are just like cool people like doing like fun stuff, you know. And that's actually where I met Desire Maria. Um, and we started becoming friends. We hung out quite a lot. Um, and yeah, and I think then I was also just like, really going out and really being exposed to like um queer nightlife there were also spots like um 58 on albany and um there was another place that was called spank it was like on west street <laughs> what a strange name now that i think about it spank good name <laughs> spank right <laughs> um yeah and i was just like i was just so fascinated with like what people get up to when they're out and like socializing and you know, and also being friends with uh, Desire at that time as well. And um, I think really just like taught me quite a lot um, into just like being culturally focused and like keeping an eye Mm. or an ear on the ground rather. Um, And then, you know, I moved back to Johannesburg um, to study at WITS. And, you know, I did a little bit of varsity here as well. And then I was like, school is just not enough for me. It's just not stimulating me enough. I need to find something. And funny enough, hence now I'm bringing in the blog that I've been doing. I was like, I'm really good at writing and, you know, you know, covering stuff. I'm going to apply for an internship um, at Black Nation Media. Yes, at Black Nation Media, it was at, at that time. And I got accepted and it was just like a whole bunch of like interns just like trying to run a, you know, a digital publication. And I was like, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to do it. So that's where I now, I think my career was like starting to take shape. Mm. I read that mm. Fela Gucci invited you to join the lineup for an event called Kanti Power. I think this was in like yes. 2017 but, but the crazy yes. thing was you had never dj'd in your life before and i love that you said yes because essentially lelo being a yes man is what really kicked off your career but i want to know <laughs> what made you. you say yes and 
And how much time did you have, not just to prepare for your set, right, but to actually learn how to DJ? Um, you're right. Being a yes man actually <laughs> worked to my own benefit. And love it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Felicucci hit me up and I was like, yo. Um, I see that you post like a lot of music and also at the time we had been like hanging out quite a few times you know and you know they knew that um, my music taste was just like so really like you know amazing and stuff like that so yeah they were like yeah let me let me just you know let me just go DJ at this party and see what it's like but prior to the event it was actually two days in prepare in like preparation um I, I downloaded uh, Virtual DJ. I had n- I'd never touched it in my life before. <laughs> but <laughs> I opened up YouTube. I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. Let me, you know, learn what these buttons are, you know, on my computer screen. And um, yeah, on the on the night of the of the event of Kansi Power, um, I think I was the last person to play. And you, you know, I hooked it up. And you know the rest is history. Um, I, yeah, I still I'm st- actually like reliving that night in my head right now, and yeah, it really it really was such a incredible night. You know, I didn't know that I could do something like that. I mean, like you said, you know, you'd been curating and sharing playlists for a while, and people knew that your taste in music was dope. So mm. you know, you'd already established a uh, a profile but what mm. was it like to see people reacting to your set in real time for the first time like you said you were reliving it in your head describe that feeling it was actually such a euphoric feeling it was just really like intense you know just like i think actually like because it was the first time and like seeing people react to the music that you play, for me, that was something totally different. And I had no idea that I would enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and I got such a positive feedback at the end of that night. And people were like, oh, Lelo, you were so amazing. Um, you were really good, you know, and stuff like that. And um, I also had the option to play with CDJs. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm very intimidated by this. So I don't want to touch like <laughs> DJ decks at this moment. So I'm just going to use this virtual DJ thing. It looked a bit easier. And I did what I had to do. And, you know, people enjoyed it. And yeah, and I had to take it one step further. And I got invited to do work- DJ workshops at Kitchener's at that time. Um, oh, with wow. Colleen. Yeah, she, she hit me up. She was like, yo... I'm doing some workshops for DJs, uh, specifically queer and uh, queer DJs and women as well. Um, And yeah, she was really sweet and kind about it. And so I would actually go to work and then after work, I'd come back, I'd I'd take a taxi, go all the way back to Bramfontein and I would do those workshops. You know, I'd sit there for like two hours, like practicing, like, okay, cue button, this is how I mix uh effects and like literally practicing everything that i was you know doing on my laptop but transferring that onto cdjs now um 
work in progress, but you know, I learned, I learned on the job. Uh, okay. So now you're comfortable with the CDJs. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, you hadn't even been DJing for that long when Afropunk and then Boiler Room come knocking. Do you know what I mean? And yes. both are huge. Talk to me a little bit about these experiences because, I mean, for a young DJ, I'm sure you must have been like, what the hell is going on right now? But also, now having spoken to you for the first time, you're, uh, you've, you've got a really good, a great level, high level of self-confidence. So I'm sure you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm on these stages. I'm playing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Afropunk, so this was 2019 now. Um, please keep me correct. It's probably three years after I've started DJing. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, like really I'm a BA fresh. graduate. I don't know, Matt's notes. <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> yeah. But yes, like, yeah, like three years into DJing, like, which I think is still pretty young and fresh into the scene, you know? Mm. But I think prior to that i had been i was visible you know i was i was doing all the parties i was working i was gigging i was every single weekend i you know i didn't say no to anything um yes man that's the title of this episode <laughs> um yeah and like you know someone would be like little i have an event can you please help me out can you come play for me i'd be like yeah sure i'll be there you know and i'll kill the set you know it'll be amazing um and I think I started building myself up through that, you know, and obviously I think that people talk, people watch what you're doing and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, like early 2019, I get an email from Afropunk. I thought it was a hoax, um, but it was an actual um, offer to come play at Afropunk. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is really, this is really hectic. This is like a milestone. Um, yeah, that's, that's how it happened. It was, it, it just randomly came into my inbox. Um, and Boiler Room, actually, I got that gig through an Instagram DM. Um, it was Joe, yeah, Joe from Boiler Room in the UK just hit me up on Instagram. I was like, hey, Lelo, I see what you're doing. We're doing Boiler Room, um, later in the year. Do you want to come play? please say yes and i said yes <laughs> so that's how that's how it happened that's crazy i love that boiler room story just like hit you up yeah. in the dms yeah like literally in the in DMs, DMs, kids. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's just to say like people are really watching um mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing like people are, can see what you're doing and like what you're talking about or what you're posting or you know and yeah in the beginning, you spoke a little bit about ballroom and drag culture that was created in the New York underground and that really grew into a powerful movement in like the 60s and 70s. And mm. since then, now it's celebrated in major cities across the world, in Berlin and Paris and Death of Glitter brought ballroom culture to Cape Town. But talk to me mm. about bringing it to Joburg and how it's been received in Joburg. Mm. I think I think yeah, the the reception was really um, astonishing. It was 
it was really well received. Um, I think it, it was just something that had never happened before in the city in that sort of like way before. And I think what made it like really unique is that I tried to localize it as much as possible so that it doesn't seem too far removed from people's realities, but really in just a way of just, you know, like, okay, cool, come into the space. And, you know, I'm, we had categories like, um, um, like Afro, you know, Afro dance, you know, and like, um, I remember at one of the championship balls with um, the Grand Ball, we did something like African royalty. So, you know, like really just like, how do we take things that are local and like relating it to us, um, but Mm -hmm. in the gayest way possible? (laughs) Literally. And yeah, and like people loved it, you know? Uh, I remember, I think it was in 2018, must have been in 2018 a friend of mine sent me a link to this piece called Cape Town's New Masculinity and I thought Mm. that the piece was written so well it was basically it it was talking about how young men in Cape Town are defining themselves through dress and that piece was written Mm. by you and I thought that it was superb and I've seen over the years, how fashion has influenced your journey. How important is it as a medium of expression, fashion for mm. you? You know, for me, it's 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 the pinnacle of my identity as well. I think I get to say quite a lot in the way that I dress. Um, and my style has changed actually throughout the years. Um, but I think right now what I'm trying to say is I'm all about South African and like local design. And I really try to showcase that as much as possible. Um, So whether it's Tebe or Rich or Neo Saradi or Art Club and Friends or Good, Good, Good. um, I think for me, that is, I'm so proud of like how South African fashion is just like, has taken shape and form. And I really want to support those guys in the biggest way possible. So for me, it really does define my identity and that and that I believe in South African creatives throughout. Um, and also, it's just like, I look really cute, you know, <laughs> at the end of the you day. You like... so cute. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I really, I think for me, that's how I use fashion as a tool to say that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, you've got the DJing, you've got the writing, you've got the playlisting. And I remember reading an interview that you did sometime last year where you said that you'd be pretty keen to write an autobiography before you hit 30. And then in another interview, you said that you even had, had a title for it, which I love, How to Snatch Wigs and Secure the Bag. Oh, Lelo, <laughs> that is a winning title. But I want to know how far are you in actually writing this book? Because I would 100% read it. I would even sign up for the pre-order. <laughs> um, I've actually written one page, but that was last year. <laughs> I still haven't gotten around to it <laughs> because <laughs> I've been so busy. But I would really, I really want to get into that. I actually have been thinking about it, um, but no pressure whatsoever. But yeah. 
Hi, Lilo. You had a whole lockdown to write a book and you wrote <laughs> one page. <laughs> to be fair, I was actually quite busy. Um, agency life was holding me down. But ah. yeah, I am back now into, you know, um, owning my time <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, I actually left agency a month ago. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's amazing. Yes, yes. It's so exciting. So why did you leave agency life? Was it because you weren't happy or was it because there's so many other things that are happening and you would much rather focus on building your own career than making other people rich? It was it was the latter. I really had to focus on myself. There were so there are so many things that are happening and ever since I left, like I could actually see that, whoa, I don't know how I did that while still having a full-time job and advertising, mm. you know? So I was like, you know, rather I just focus on myself and just be a little bit selfish and really just like build my career and take it to the next level. And yeah, so that's, that's what I'm focusing on right now. We need people like you who are disruptors in the space. We really do. The kids really do as well because they look up to people like you and they're like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it as well. You know, I can, it, I can yeah. also surf the internet in the library <laughs> after I'm finished with my homework, <laughs> you know, and maybe start a blog. I feel like stories mm -hmm. like yours are very, very important because often kids don't see the work, right? They don't yeah. see the slug and the grind. You just said you had absolutely no idea how you managed to build a career uh, that was essentially started out as a side hustle while you had your main gig at the agency on the side. Kids don't see that. They yeah. think that like they snap their fingers, they become TikTok stars overnight and that's <laughs> it. You know, they don't understand that it's years of hard work and like graft that goes into, into this. So mm -hmm. yeah, big ups to Literally, you. Big ups to you. Grind. Just keep on, keep on doing your thing. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, Lilo. Thank I you think, so much. Yes. I think I actually screamed when I saw that you had done a DJ mix for Apple Music for Pride this year, because <laughs> Did you it's just, <laughs> oh, I think I actually screamed because first you manifested Destiny again, because you'd been making like <laughs> the sickest playlists on sharing them on yes. Apple Music forever. And that mix yeah. is so great. And there's a lot of form in there, right? And you told mm. Apple Music that form is spiritual to you. And I want to know, why does it make you feel this way? You know, I think there's something about that sound that just like it transcends you like beyond, um, you know, this, you know, uh, realm. Um, I, I don't know if it's just like uh, the, the lock drums or like the percussions or just like everything that it encapsulates, but you know, I think the, the rawness of the, of the sound it's just so amazing and um you know speaking about durban again because that's where i grew up that's where i actually started listening to form you know in the taxis you know on you know at school you know um like it wasn't even mainstream at that time i don't think so um it had just started and like all these sounds that were coming out were just like so amazing so when i featured form in that apple music um pride mix you know that was really just like a tribute to you know, um, my other home time that, mm. you know, that it's just like, it's, it's really amazing to see all these, 
you know sounds that are coming out and have also like influenced um music all over the world uh yeah so it was it was really amazing another artist that i know is spiritual for you because we feel the same way about him is frank ocean and i've said this before but to me i think that frank ocean is an expert communicator of feeling and the human condition and that man taps into parts of my psyche with his music that like i totally ignore i'm like oh i didn't know that i felt that way until frank ocean wrote a lyric about it you know (laughs) Um, absolutely and and i'm i'm ready for a layered answer but i want to know what frank ocean means to you Mm, that that is a very good question because i don't even know if i like realize this until um, after a year, Blonde was released, and Blonde was actually released on my birthday, on the twentieth of August. And you know, when I sit and listen to a record like that, and I listen to the things that he speaks about, and um, knowing how he identifies as well, um, there's so much relatability, and the way that he crafts his thoughts into songwriting as well it's just so it's just so amazing and um mm. it actually makes me a little bit emotional as well because i'm like okay cool here's this guy who can not only sing but his writing is just so phenomenal and for me like writing and songwriting are just like some of the things that i really really resonate with um mm-hmm. there's just something about words and how you describe things using words that can you know really be impactful and powerful you know not only to um the one person who's listening but to everyone um and i think that's it really it really is amazing how he's literally shaped um you know r&b and how r&b or hip-hop is going to look like in the future um, and especially for like a queer artist like him, you know, I think it's really amazing. What lyric stands out to you for whatever reason? Hmm. A lyric that a lyric that actually comes to my mind is the ooh, there there's actually so so many verses <laughs> that he has written. Um but there's actually one from uh nike's um i'm actually gonna look it up now and it says because yeah, 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 i need to get this correct um <laughs> <laughs> my lyric has always been we'll go down this road till it turns from color to black and white i always thought that that was so that is so striking yeah. and so visual from the from the moment that I heard that, I was like, whoo, goosebumps. You know, for me, it's just like how he describes things as well. It's just so poetic. Um, you know, on Nike, he says, um, acid on me like the rain, weed crumbles into glitter, rain glitter, we laid out on the sweat floor, away the turf, no asteroid, um, mesmerized how these jobs glow. Look at all the people feet dance. Acid on me like the rain. We crumbles in the glitter. Rain. Glitter. We laid out on the sweat flow. Away turf, no astro. Mesmerize how the strobes glow. Look at all the people feet dance. Um 
it's, mm. it's just the way that yeah it's just so amazing mm. and then he goes on to say we're breathing pheromones amber rose sipping gold uh pink gold lemonades feeling and and then he goes on to say i may be younger but i'll look after you we're not in love but i'll make love to you like how do you say stuff like Oof. that it's just like Oof. it's so good yeah <laughs> i'll tell you when I realized that my boyfriend is the man that I want a wife. So he'd never heard of Frank Ocean before. Mm. And we were, I think, I think it was like almost a year into us dating actually. And I put on Channel Orange and he was like, what is this? This is amazing. And I was like, this is Frank Ocean, my love. And he was like, <laughs> what? And then two days later, I got into his car. And had he not made a Frank Ocean mix? Oh, oh yes, he had. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this man is my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also something to be said about the way Frank Ocean, like, does his production. I don't know. There's something about even, like, from his, like, mixtapes. Um, mm. You know, I think, like, like you hear things like, like, just ordinary things like doors opening and, like, you know, just, like, stuff happening in the background. Um and just like how his production just like elevates what he's trying to say. And you're just like in that feeling or mood that he's also in. Um, yeah, that's just really amazing. I mean, we could sit here and talk about Frank Ocean all day. In actual fact, I think when you come back and you do another tech talk, we're <laughs> literally just going to you, myself, and Langa. Because Langa, Langa is also super a bad Frank Ocean fan. Yes. The three of us are just going to sit and we're going to dissect Frank Ocean songs. How how great is that as a podcast idea? That is such a great idea. Can we please do that? That would be amazing. I know. No, we will We will definitely do that. I've already made a note here <laughs> that this is happening. So it's amazing. But I want to talk a little bit about Jägermeister, right? Mm. Because this is a huge career moment for you, being a part of Jägermeister's Night Embassy this year. So for people who don't know what Night Embassy is, it's a platform aimed at mentoring Joburg's most exciting creative minds in the event and nightlife space. And you have been selected as a mentor, and I honestly could not think of anybody better. You, Teresho, Yana, it's an incredible lineup of mentors. What would you say is the most valuable thing that you bring to the table as a mentor? I think for me, it would definitely have to be um, how do we how do we make nightlife spaces more inclusive for everyone? You know, and you know, I, it's such a like when you when you say something like that, it sounds really simple until you actually think about it, because a lot of spaces mm. aren't really inclusive, especially for queer people and women, you know, and. It's part of the work that I've been doing um, within the city, within these spaces as well, is to make sure that, you know, uh, a group that is so marginalized can actually have a moment as well, you know, and share that. Um, and, you know, I think that's what I have to offer to, you know, being a creative board member. Um, it's just like that that level of like, how do we make these spaces more inclusive, but also just bringing more voices to the table. P kids who are alternative and who have like different perspectives and who aren't often heard enough, you know, because they're different. 
And, you know, for me, like when, when I got that, I was, I was just so excited. I really was. And yeah, it's just been such an amazing journey so far. A lot of hard work, very, like, like hours of works <laughs> of work, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's work that we care about and it's just, it's exciting to, to see it unfold. Well, I am going to be at the Night Embassy event and I cannot wait. And also, yay, that means I get to finally meet you. Yes. Exciting. I'm so excited to actually <laughs> see you and yeah, and have, you know, a shot of Jägermeister. That would be really amazing. Hey, Lelo, just one. Just one. <laughs> or two or three. No, no. It's going to be, it's, oh, no, you see now, now you must know me. Uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot, but it's going to be a jewel. And I also can't wait to see who the people are who have made the cut mm. and what they're going to be bringing to the table in terms of their installations or their projects. I think mm. that's going to be very interesting. Have you picked the winners yet? We have. We actually have been working with these collectives. Um you guys are going to be mind blown at like the ideas and like what these kids are up to, you oh, know, they just, they're so super talented and um, yeah. And, you know, we're helping them craft and shape their ideas into really awesome things that could live on beyond Knights Embassy um, as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be so exciting. I think, this is going to change the game quite a bit. Well, you are currently changing the game as we speak. But before we go, I want to know, I saw that Vogue Knights recently rebranded. And now that we're on level one and we're moving into summer, mm. what can we expect from your jewels? We can expect another Vogue Nights, which will be happening at the end of October, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm really, I'm working super hard to make that uh, happen. Uh, we should be releasing announcements very soon. Um, but by the time people listen to this, it will be happening. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm also excited to finally bring Vogue Nights and... Uh, make a Cape Town edition. You know, the kids in Cape Town have been literally yes. putting me into <laughs> coming. Like, literally, I get so many DMs, like, every single day. Lelo, you have to come. Lelo, you have to come. Lelo, you have to come. Um, and we were going to come until we got shut down by Cyril. Uh, but now that, you know, mm -hmm. we're getting more vaccinated and, you know, things are opening up, it's it's a really op uh, great opportunity to come down to Cape Town and really just, like, do something exciting, you know, um, and especially for, you know, black queer people who don't have that many spaces in the city. Um, I think it's a, it will be really nice to see what the kids are up to there. And yeah, there'll be more coming. Definitely. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to meet you and I cannot wait to see all of the incredible things that you will do down the line. Lelo, thank you. This has been great it's been a great great chat it's been so lovely thank you so much takes i really appreciate it yeah this was a great conversation thanks for joining us for another episode of text talks shout out to lelo what's good for joining me in studio text talks is coming to you from the amazing kaya creative studios at neighborhood in beautiful cape town south africa shout out to tom's the only music store for keeping us connected from me your host Tex. My producers, Jonathan Ings and Matt Lewitz, and our researcher, L. Clapper, catch you on the flip side.